0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Obsidian Achievement. This is your host, Mike Russin. Thank you for joining me today, and thank you, everybody, for just all of the encouragement that you've been giving to me, given to me, been giving to me. (laughs) We're off to a good start. All of the positive encouragement you've been giving to me. Um, You guys don't know how much it means to me when I get messages from you guys of encouragement, um, you know, because I, I normally don't get nice messages. So <laughs> as you can probably imagine. So uh and it does you know it doesn't bother me, but uh over time it, it it can wear on you a little bit, so it's always nice. Plus my love language, uh one of them is words of affirmation. I'm very much If you read The Five Love Languages, it's a great book. Um, It really is. I really think it's a fundamental read for a successful relationship. Uh, The Five Love Languages, it goes through how people give and receive love. Um, And it's physical touch, words of affirmation, gifts, acts of service, and quality time. So think about which ones you are. And, uh, you know, I've talked about this a couple times before of how... To have a successful relationship You need to speak the other person's love language fluently Even if it's not your native language You know, if I want to If I'm Italian and I want to date a French girl I need to learn French You know what I'm saying? So it's like If you are a, like me A words of affirmation and physical touch person My wife was neither of those She was the opposite She's quality time and gifts For sure So, um The gifts I'm still trying to get better at I've been getting her flowers every single week Um, You know, and I've gifted her A lot of things uh, Over the past eight years, but You know, like me Quality time, like I could not see you For six months and hang out with you we pick right back up where we left off I don't miss people um, You know, other than When I was, I missed my daughter When I was in Texas, I, I felt I felt like what it truly And don't get me wrong, like I've missed everybody misses their mom at some point, you know, I've missed, and my dad too, but, you know, it's like your mom, you know, I've, i felt, I can remember missing my mom when I was at school, college, I've missed my wife, uh, in long departures from her, um, but missing my daughter, man, that was a completely, that was real missing, like, all the way missing, um, But anyways, you know, I had to learn to speak her language. In other words, I had to learn quality time and gifts, even though those weren't my native languages. And on her end, she had to learn she was not physically affectionate at all when we first started dating. Uh, Now, she's very physically affectionate, you know, and I'm not just talking sexually. I'm talking, um, you know, just, you know, I like my scratchies, (laughs) Yeah, you know, I like having my back scratched and my head scratched and my hair played with. You know, I have to tell her to do it, but uh, every once in a while, she'll come up behind me and give me some scrichies, um, and she has no idea how much that means to me. But she's gotten much better at that over the course of eight years, and um, we've learned to speak each other's languages. It's it's uh, it's cr- so critically important. But anyways, I don't that that was a side lesson for all of you today. But yes, you have to learn the five love languages. Um, You need to know which one your spouse or future spouse or partner is going to be receptive to. You know, you can't just speak your language. I can stand there and shout at you in, in Italian all day long and get like, honey, I'm telling you how much I love you. And like, you're not understanding it. You know what I mean? Because you don't speak that language. You know, if I'm physically affectionate and my wife's not, then I just shower her with physical affection. But I don't do speak the languages she's fluent in. She's not going to receive my love as well She'll receive some You know, she'll understand to some degree that I love her But I think that this is such This destroys so many relationships Because people focus so myopically On what they Perceive to be the reception And giving of love You know what I mean? And it's so much deeper than that Everybody's different Everybody's different And it's rare that two people speak the same language It's very rare Um so, think about that, think about that in your relationships, and if you're not in a relationship, store that information away. Like, you don't wait to get into, let me talk to my single people, my, maybe my younger people right now. You don't wait to get into a relationship to be good at relationships, right? You don't wait to become a father, to practice being a good father. You don't wait to become a mother. Now, don't get me wrong, there are certain lessons that you cannot learn and will not learn until you're in the trenches, But there is a level of preparation that you can engage in to get yourself ready. You know what I mean? Like if I want to be a really good husband, why would I not pick the brains of husbands that I respect and admire and read books, biblical books about being a good husband and dig into the word of God and see what it has to say about being a husband? This is leading up to becoming a father. I spent a lot, many people don't even know, I don't even think my wife realizes how much time I spent reading books, reading articles, reading the Word of God, picking the brains of men who were fathers that I deeply respected. Wow, this dump truck in front of us just has no brake lights, and this dude in this pickup truck almost rear-ended him. That was crazy. This guy's got no brake lights on on a dump truck. Why is it every time I film a podcast with you guys that some absolutely ridiculous thing happens on the road? <laughs> it's crazy. Giant dump truck. This dude, this dude in this F-150 in front of me, I had to slam on my brakes. He. I think I started to stop before he did. Anyways, I don't even remember what the hell we were talking about. Uh, five love. Oh yeah, studying how to be a, a good father, a good husband before it even happens. So you know, I was picking the brain of good good fathers, fathers that I highly respected, that had a track record that showed that they were good fathers, and reading good biblical books and some secular. If anybody wants to know what I read or who I talked to, um, I'd be more than happy to let you know. I I watched. I observed interactions with parents and their kids. And I learned a lot of what not to do from doing that, actually. And uh, don't wait until you're there. <laughs> it's, so many people just wait until they get there. Like, preparation, luck is when preparation meets opportunity, right? Well, I don't think that me being a really good dad, I hope thus far and in the future, is going to be luck. It's going to be I engaged in a certain level of preparation, you know, even way, even years ago, I've been watching, I've been watching good fathers and bad fathers for years, taking mental notes. I have a notepad in my phone. Well, everybody has a notepad on their phone. I have a, I have a section of notes in my phone just about fatherhood and being a good father. So I've been preparing for this for a long, long time. And I touched on this subject the other day, um, and I really want to expound upon it in, in greater detail. That, so this is going to be more geared towards the men that are listening but to be a good father and a good husband you need to learn how to be a good leader there are so many fathers and husbands that go into marriage and fatherhood and do not know oh look at that kid Looks sharp kid waiting for the bus had a suit and tie on you don't see that often um, fatherhood and being a good husband is just being a good leader you know what I mean? <laughs> That's all it is, and it's it it's it's so many fathers, as I just said, go into being a father, go into being a husband, with no leadership experience in their life, no idea what 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 they're doing, where they're going, how they're all of the principles of leadership carry over directly into husbandry and fatherhood. Directly, it's so important to learn how to lead. And we touched on this the other day. Ga- the other, uh, the other gay. <laughs> oh, it's June first. <laughs> oh no! The Pride Month. The the waves. The the radio waves. The radiation got in my brain. Now <laughs> everything's turning to rainbow colors. I suddenly want to chop my penis off and get breast implants. <laughs> oh god today is uh sorry for taking your name in vain i meant like oh god like oh god help us oh please jesus it's a cry it's a cry it's uh is it june 1st i think today's june 1st yeah the gay the gay got in me i got the gay (laughs) it stinks (laughs) oh man i'm sorry that was just too funny That was just too funny. But, you know, as I said the other day on the podcast, uh, you know, leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. And how do we become good leaders and and have a high level of influence? We'd be a man of admiration. So go back and listen to A Man of Admiration. You should be admired by your wife and your kids. And I think that if you look around in your life and other people outside of those relationships admire you There's a good chance your wife and your kids are going to admire you Unless you're just a completely different person behind closed doors, which is what you know that happens sometimes I one thing I could pride myself on saying Is that i'm the same person no matter the situation <laughs> You know, we had a big business meeting the other day for the clothing line and I can remember we're on with a uh, a pretty high level designer and this girl was kind of like dancing around. I don't know how to describe it. Um, but Michelle, my business partner, stepped in and she's like, listen, she's like, just be straight with Mike, because Mike's gonna be very, very straight with you. He's gonna tell you exactly what he's thinking. <laughs> you know, and that's how I am behind closed doors privately, and that's how I am public. I don't filter, change, adjust anything. I'm the same person everywhere. Like I will tell you immediately if I disagree with you. That's just people are so afraid of offending. We cannot offend others. Now that doesn't mean I'm not gonna uh, uh, and the love, the the love of adding a little bit more love to my delivery is something that I do need to work on. If we're in a one-on-one setting with you, I'm talking more about my social media and public presence. You know, if we're on a one-on-one setting I, I do think that I'm pretty good at lovingly disagreeing with people and uh, you just have to learn that skill, I think, especially if you're going to be a leader, if you're going to be iconoclastic which we, so iconoclast, iconoclastic means to go against the grain, essentially um, we need more people that are going to be iconoclastic because where the grain's going, it ain't good the grain's going to hell, so we gotta we gotta hoo-hoo, if you're going with the grain, you're not going somewhere good separate the wheat from the chaff so all that chaff go with these a lot of people are going with the chaff (laughs) you don't want that to happen so we've got to have more people that go against the grain which means that you've got to get better at disagreeing with people you've got to get better at disagreeing you know what's funny is that everything that i tell you guys to do on this podcast has a certain level of discomfort associated with it has a certain level of discomfort associated. All the tasks I've given you guys, all the things I've advised you to do and the ways I've told you to think, I'm not trying to tell you how to think, you know. But what I don't want you to get caught up in is an ideologue. Basically, it's it's a, I don't want you to get, I read this really good quote the other day. If somebody could hear your opinion on a topic and guess what your opinion on other topics are, you're stuck in a, in an ideologue Which means that You Let You're not able to think critically It's like this It's like hardcore This is exactly what it is Hardcore conservative Hardcore liberal Vote blue no matter who Vote red Even in bed I don't know what that saying is But it's, the It's people that by hearing their opinion on one thing Like a hardcore Trumpie, Okay, I already, I already know This person loves Trump They're probably going to be Very anti-immigration They're probably going to be Maybe even a little bit racist But that's not always the case um, They're going to Like you can just guess Like if I see you in public And you have blue hair and a septum piercing I'm going to assume you're triple vaccinated You're pro-Ukraine For no reason. You don't know why you're pro. You just... Well, that's because... That's what the media and my professor told me. That parks his Ford Pinto next to a dumpster. And has a really bad alcohol addiction. And and meets girls for blowjobs outside of um, the city limits and hotel rooms. Cheats on his wife. That's that's just... uh, Sorry for using crude language. But uh, there's a very specific person that I'm referring to. That's a professor. highly regarded... Well educated, but anyways, (laughs) we're on a roll today. But there's an issue with that. You know what I mean? It's like there's imagine two uh, row or columns of boxes to check, right? It's kind of like you there's column one and column two. You know these people they check all of column one or they check all of column two. There's no mixing. That's not good. You shouldn't believe, you like your belief about Ukraine shouldn't affect your belief about vaccinations. Do you understand what I'm trying to get at right now? It's just they check all the boxes without thinking critically about each individual point. Well, all the other blue haired people are pro-Ukraine, so I'm pro-Ukraine. Now I'm not saying that Russia invading Ukraine is right, but I also don't think that we should be spending billions of dollars on a war that has nothing to do with us while our homeless veterans kill themselves in the streets. I cannot drive through Portland without seeing a pile of human excrement. It's ridiculous. The country's rotting from the inside. I can't drive down the road without hitting a pothole. You know how many sets of rims I've gone through in Maine? But yes, please, send another $50 billion to Ukraine. Idiots, morons. But they're not idiots. They're not morons. It's very intelligent what they're doing. It's very calculated. It's not, When he's like, I don't understand. Or, are they just not thinking? No, they're thinking it's very intentional. Everything they're doing, you think these superpowered billionaire overlords or trillionaire overlords just are guessing, are just throwing things at the wall to see if it sticks? No! I was talking about this today, cow farts. You know, the whole methane gas, cows are. I I saw this thing in Ireland, they're gonna slaughter, they're gonna call, C U L L is what you call it. It's just a nicer word for slaughter. They're gonna call like a quarter million cows to meet climate quota. I know what it is. Let's tell the college students that the cow farts are killing the, the planet and then they will eat the bugs. That's what they want. They want to get rid of livestock under the guise that somehow cows are what's killing the planet, not these idiots flying around in their private jets to different world summits to talk about how they're going to control us. And they're going to take all of our livestock away under the guise of environmental and all these idiots, all these pseudo-educated college students, these dumb kids, these stupid kids, and these old women that need to go back home and take care of their households and these pencil neck dudes that are just going along with these women. They wanna get rid of our livestock because cow farts are bad for the environment. <laughs> so you, you, I guess all this goes to say, because we've gone really off the rails today. All of this goes to say that you need to think critically about why you think the way that you think and why you believe what you believe. You've got to think about these things like my political beliefs when it comes to economics and social issues like are so uh, there's a mix. You know what I mean? There's a mix. I'm very anti many many people would label me as a conservative, but I am vehemently anti-government. Some people might think I'm a thin blue liner. Absolutely not. Do not mix me up with those boot lickers. That's ridiculous. Do I believe there needs to be some kind of peacekeeping force? Yes, but is the current one that we have in terms of the military industrial complex and the police corrupt, perverted, backwards, overbearing, overpowered? Yes, 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 yes. I am not a thin blue liner. I am the farthest thing from a thin blue liner. I think every single police station, every single police officer across the face of the country needs to be ripped apart, disbanded, restructured. New physical fitness test, new mental health test, new everything test. Everything. All these fat cops should be stripped of their badge and made to go work in a mall. There's no excuse as a peacekeeping officer to also be 50 pounds overweight. I look at this inane. They got these new cock cars that are just blacked out sedans. Like... They blend right in with normal cars. You know how disgusting that is? You know how foul that is? That's not somebody that's there to protect you. That's somebody there to pull you over and tax your income for doing five over the speed limit. So you see how I can have what some would call very conservative beliefs but not check all those boxes in that column? You've got to be able to think critically about why you believe what you believe in everything in everything like I'm going through a phase of my life spiritually right now where I'm testing a lot of my doctrinal beliefs other than the Holy Trinity non-negotiable and the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ non-negotiable saved by grace, non-negotiable there are certain things that are non-negotiables for me but there's some other things that I'm looking into like Uh, I've always been a Calvinist in the sense that I believe in election but I'm playing with that idea I'm open to the other so let me hear what you have to say about this you know but if you were to tell me if you were to challenge the divinity of Christ I would I'd trip you in the hallway (laughs) you know what I'm saying like that ain't gonna fly with me the 0% chance But I keep an open mind about some of the other things. Like one thing I'm really looking into is baptism right now because I have to decide what I'm going to do with my daughter. Do I baptize her as as an infant when she's unaware of what the hell's going on other than her being dumped in water? Do I wait for her to make that choice when she's older? You know what I mean? That's something that i got to look at that I don't know. I'm not strong enough in my beliefs yet, but I have an open mind. And I'm going to get advice and information from people that I trust, not some rando. You know what I mean? Well, you no, know, no, you gotta dip, baptize her when she's as soon as she's born, or when she's a baby. Or she's not gonna go to heaven, really? Where does it say that? Well, you know, it's just what we do. It's okay. Well, we can discredit your opinion immediately because you can't point to anything biblically that tells me you should baptize the kid when they're a kid and can't make the conscious decision themselves. I don't know. Like people I would trust with that would probably be my pastor, my dad. That's about it. You know, a couple like Jeff Durbin and John MacArthur, if I could talk to them. I wonder what Durbin's uh, and MacArthur's opinions are. Durbin's got kids. I wonder if, I want to see what he did with their baptisms. But anyways, I think we started talking about how to be a leader. And uh, we've hit on just about every major geopolitical issue (laughs) Uh, between, (laughs) you know, we got a. Uh, today was a little wacky, huh? I like these episodes for you guys, though, because I get to uh, I get to download all my thinking on you, and get you to think. You don't have to agree with me. Listen, listen to me. You don't have to agree with me. I just want you to think. That's all. I want you to think. If you have a, an opinion contrary to one of mine. <clears throat> All I ask is that you can intelligently defend it with logic and reason and not with feelings. That's the big problem with the left. That's why I'm so ideologically opposed to the left, uh, other than the fact that there's a very clear attack on our kids um, from the left. The right's not trying to come after kids. The right's not trying to get the kids to chop their genitals off and let them read books about sex in school and stuff like that. That's... That's purely a left-leaning issue. But the other reason I'm so ideologically opposed to the left, other than the fact that they want to have sex with kids and mutilate them, uh, is uh, they often, they're, they're all feelings. There's no logic. There's no reason. You give them the facts and the logic, they don't listen. I find that the right is a little bit more fat, but they, they still get lost in it, too. They still get lost in it, too. Like the whole gun control thing is all just feelings for the left. There's no, the statistics do not support that we need gun control. They don't. Well, but what about the kids in school? Well, we guard our banks and jewelry and convenience store with guns. We guard potato chips with guns, but not kids. The kids shouldn't have to be, but, well, yes, they shouldn't have to be. But we live in a fallen, broken world. You you bubbling troglodyte. You it's if if it's not the gun, somebody's gonna strap some C4 to themselves and run into a playground. It's gonna you you know what I'm saying? There are evil, wicked, nasty, violent, depraved, disgusting people everywhere. And if they want to kill somebody, they're gonna kill them. Look at what happened. Some dude just plowed his truck through a group full of people and killed like 16 people. What are we gonna just ban cars? Because people are bad. It's the whole safety thing. Safety! This whole feminine safety. I hate that. Safe. Be safe. Safety is our number one price. Safe, 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 safe. Shut up. Life isn't safe. Life isn't safe. Just have some fun. Stop worrying about being safe. I'm not saying don't take the necessary precautions, but my goodness. So, safety first. Safety is our number one priority. It's such a joke. Yeah, I see these. Uh, I made it on a blue collar TikTok somehow. You know, you know I, I keep seeing these guys having to sit through these safety meetings with some little. It's always the same woman, too. She's like 5'4, 50 pounds overweight. Haircuts like up to her ears with a clipboard, standing there lecturing all these grown, grown men that have been on the job for twenty years. She's never touched a wrench in her life, Just standing there telling these guys safety. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's so anti-masculine. It's so gross. These safety meetings. If I ever had to sit in a safety meeting, I would do the most. I would, I would start to do the most unsafe things possible. <laughs> I would show up, I would, you know what I would do is I would tip back in my chair in that safety meeting as far as I could and I would probably intentionally tip over. That would be my little act of rebellion. <laughs> Let's, uh, I don't think I'll ever find myself in that scenario, but if I did, that's what I would do. But uh, anyways, yeah, leadership. <laughs> you got to be a good leader. If you want to be a good father and husband, like I said, go back to that Man of Adoration podcast and listen to that uh, because I give you some good tips. Yeah, I think if you're just a solid dude, man, if you're well-rounded mentally, if you're well-rounded physically and well-rounded spiritually, you're natural. Dude, it's so easy to be a high-level individual now because everybody's just fat and gross. You know what I mean? Like if you just read a book a month and worked out you would be so far ahead of 99 percent of the population it is so easy to be high level it is so easy to stand out in the crowd so easy oh we got a fellow maserati what's up baby girl he's got the gran turismo (laughs) nicer than mine that looked like an older one though. so easy to stand out in the crowd Work out five days, six days a week I work out seven days a week But if you just did five Do five days a week And read a book a month Like if you're not doing that Just start doing that now And watch how much your life improves Also really good nonfiction fiction book uh, C. Lewis, C.S. Lewis is uh, It's a three part series It's uh, out of Silent Planet Perdonia or something like that And then uh, Shoot, what's the last one? If you look those two up If you just look up Out of Silent Planet Series It's a really good Non-fiction series Well I like how C.S. Lewis plays Allegorically With the idea of God You know um, It's really cool What he does It's really cool What he does In this this book I didn't even realize What he was doing Until I was like Towards the end Like oh All of this is a metaphor For God <laughs> uh, Yeah Alright I'm at the gym man I'm sorry for jumping around all over the place today. This pre-workout's got me itchy. Oh, it feels so good. I'm literally rubbing my scalp and my ears right now, just sitting here in my car. This lady's staring at me. (laughs) What's this guy doing? All right, I'm going to go hit a lift. I love you guys. Let's get it.